Check this out. System. My gosh, that was awesome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Play Retro. I'm Scott Johnson, your host. And these polygons sure have a lot of jaggies. Mm, and I am your other host, Brian Dunaway, and I'm having trouble navigating the Z-axis with these quirky controls of life. How do you even hold this thing? Yeah, we got to have a talk about that little Z-axis bullcrap. <laughs> that thing's a problem, you know? <laughs> like, we're going to we're gonna talk about to stuff had. today where we're going to talk about some successful things, but mostly our focus is on why, why was the transition from 2D to 3D so freaking hard in the mid to late 90s? And uh, mm-hmm, some games, mm-hmm. you know, did okay. Some games did terribly. But then there's a couple that did okay, but also didn't really have an idea of how they wanted to work that control yet, you know? The yeah, how did our, but how did our rock stars do it? How did the console mascots do it, right? That's the know, ones man. we want to see fall flat on their 3D faces. Or That's right. Maybe not. Or their 2.5D faces, if you count that Sonic, uh, what's it called? Sonic Spin. The isometric 3D Blast. 3D Blast, yeah. Which I lo- I mm. thought was rad back in the day. Does it hold up? It's got 3D oh. in the name. Yeah. The little intro movie is really bad. Well, really, really. really we should really talk about that when we get to that point, because I would like to talk yeah. about that intro. We'll get to it. We talk about retro stuff here on the show. We're going to do all of that coming right up. But before we do, I have been giving a lot of thought this week and last week, really. Or since we last talk, talked, I guess, about the Steam Deck. Because more of my friends are getting their, their Steam Decks. And they're stoked about Wait, it, you know, getting all you have, stoked. You have, you have other friends? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. Huh. They're not as cool as you, though. They're not huh. as cool oh, as okay, you. okay. Good. All right. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah. Steam I'm Deck. good now? Okay. Sure. Uh, they're all getting their Steam Decks because they're in, like, the second phase of shipping or whatever. I still haven't got a notification, so I assume I'm in the third or fourth. And that isn't even guarantee I'm getting it. Um, and here, here's the thinking. So they made a bunch of advancements with it since it released, like fixed a bunch of problems it was having, um, mostly UI issues and some performance stuff and a few other things. Um, However, the big question for me is, will this be the end-all, be-all ultimate uh, retro machine, handheld retro machine? And I think it might be. Yeah, Um, I think it is. I think you're absolutely correct. I think... I think that is the main thing pushing this device. I mm. think more people are interested in making this thing into a retro machine than just about anything else. I can't say that for sure. Mm. And maybe I am have a very narrow field of view, but it feels like whenever anybody talks about it, they're always like, "Oh, I can, I can, I want to do some retro gaming on this thing." Yeah, I think maybe some of that is early adopters are going to be the types that also want to tweak it and hack it and goof around with it. Whereas everybody else in the mainstream sort of like, yeah, let me know when that's cheaper or let me know when that's popular yeah. or whatever. I mean, we we kind of already they've kind of already had a couple of things like this, but not to this degree of quality where you could have an actual PC in your hand, like close to something like a switch. But I mean, is it really that compelling 
to have your PC games on a handheld? I mean, it's, it's kind of there. I mean, we had the NVIDIA Shield and mm. I don't know, but doing the retro thing. I mean, for me, I'm not I'm not so interested in like 3D games, but I do want, well, when I say 3D games, I mean like big AAA games. I don't really care if that's on a handheld, but I, I am interested right. in just like the throng of of uh, amazing indie Platform. content that you could play there. So, yeah, I don't know. All, I feel like all there's my a lot platforming of... games. I'm like, I'm stoked about. Oh that yeah, platformers and freaking uh, every every Castlevania like you own, you'll want to yes. play on there. You're gonna want to play your uh, what's that one Death's Door, which is a game I keep meaning to get back to and oh. beat. Like, there's a lot of games I want to play on there, but um, I have to admit, my my chief interest here is how will this be as a device that is a good, you know. Uh, retro I, machine, and it sounds like somebody in the chat in, says emulation stations running on it just fine. So that's cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. I see a lot of things now. Once again, <laughs> I'm subscribed to a lot of retro stuff, and maybe it just feels like all the news I'm seeing on the Steam Deck seems to be like it's like oh, it, is, it seems like it'd be retro stuff. But yeah, you know, I will say even on the even on Polygon and the mainstream stuff, I yeah. still see more news about the retro and possibility of retro more than I see, you know, people being excited about, you know, triple a titles or something. Well, the nice and thing I is you should people. be able to, in theory, the, the retro, um, the potential retro gets bigger. Cause you're not just talking some right. game boy shit. You're talking about everything in the 2d era, everything up till, I don't know, maybe even past dreamcast. We might even be talking like some of the 360 and PS3 emulation that's mm-hmm. going on. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but you know, this is a, it's a really compelling and interesting device. And um, I'm not even in yeah. line, Scott. I'm not even in line on the steam deck. Yeah. Why, why should I, should I get I know in why line? you're not. Should, I know why you're not in what? line because you don't what? like hype. You're never a tip of the spear hype guy. No, you're I'm not, not into it. You like, into you it. like when there's something sneakily hypey, like somebody oh, on a Reddit yeah. page went, do y'all hear about the thing? And you plug it into the deal and do the stuff. And then Brian goes, <laughs> Ooh, because you get, you like you're, that kind of thing. You're not wrong. Yeah, I, I think that's been I think it's been pretty typical. I think maybe as a defense mechanism from all those years of launch things, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's a launch thing. Everybody's going to be in line for it. I don't want to fight anybody. As a matter of fact, I had an opportunity to like, you know, get a PS5. I had an opportunity to wait in line to get a PS5. Yes. And I said, no, I'm well, not waiting in line for any of this stuff. Now, if you I. say... Brian, do you want there's a there's a new device and do you want to put your name on a list uh, to be notified when it's available? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in that way, the Steam Deck is kind of more like my usual thing. But I think you're right. I think the hype kind of turns me off a little bit. Yeah, I do that, too. I have to admit. Um, and and it didn't used to be that way. I used to be first in line kind of guy. I just don't care anymore. Right. I don't have enough shits to give anymore about stuff like that. <laughs> But I know that if eventually I'll get my hands on one, whether it's now or later, or maybe by yeah. then it won't matter because it failed, or maybe it did real well. And I'm like, all right, it looks like it's time to bite the bullet. Problem is, speaking of biting things, I have to get a new crown uh, in two Ooh. weeks, which means there goes a thousand bucks. So, yeah, uh, F the Steam Deck, I guess. And then Rem- remember when you used to have a tooth there? Yeah. That was real retro. Yeah, that was retro <laughs> as hell. Actually, it's funny you say remember, that. I got, I have a silver tooth. tooth that's, or a silver filling that's failing. And yeah. it's the last tooth I have from high school that has yeah, yeah. something done to it from high school. So that filling happened yeah. when I was like a sophomore and it's right. finally coming out all these years later. And I'm pretty stoked about it. 
I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty stoked. This old, ancient, uh, who knows what was in that stuff. It's finally coming out. The dentist probably knows, yeah. but I don't know what it is. But why silver? Make it flesh-colored. Why can't you make it tooth-colored? Well, don't make it flesh-colored. That's weird. But you could do it. That's <laughs> actually – yeah, that's, you're right. That is a little bit weird. I think I, may, I meant to say tooth-color, and you're right. But, you know, I, I, I'm so excited about the Steam Deck, but I'm also just kind of waiting to when it's just like being sold like normal mm-hmm. so that I can go – I'm ready to buy. Yeah. Here it comes. I like to be here in X number of days. I like to be free of that demand sequence of. Yeah. I don't like thinking about something every day. Yeah. I don't either. I'm with you, dude. I don't, I feel like as I, the older I get, the less that appeals to me. And, uh, right. Except for the thing that, except for the rumors that, that Nintendo is spreading around about, uh, that Game Boy support on the Switch. Oh, GBA. Yeah. They better not. Okay. If they add that support, yeah, and they don't raise the price on the monthly thing past where it is with the N sixty four add on. You might have the problem me. is the yeah. problem with the N sixty four thing. The last time I looked, you have to it is it's uh you know they say oh here's the monthly cost, but they say but you got to sign up for a year, and I'm like mm, what what if I what if I'm not interested now that maybe has changed, but at, at the point that I was looking to do it, it's the way it read to me. Was I had to do it for a whole year, and I'm like, I ain't doing. I don't know if I'll be interested in N64 every month for a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe occasionally. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> this year business, f that. Not doing that. Yeah. That. Doing what, that. what are you a satellite uh, contract from eight years ago? What are you yeah, doing? Get out of here. What are you doing? Anyway. So, but yes, but yes, I'm excited about that because I've I've this show, this show, and you, Scott Johnson. Mm has given me the appreciation for the Game Boy Advance games that I never had back in the day. I always considered them to be inferior games, and I really missed out. You were wrong. I I was wrong. I'm right now. Yeah, you're right now. You are right now. Right. It is one of the, it is, I would actually say they are superior games in many ways. They they are really. Of the 2D generation, I think that stuff is amazing. Some of the best stuff ever happened on the Game Boy. So Yeah, yeah. Take that. Agreed. Take that. that. Um, all right. Well, that's what's been going on with me. I understand you've been uh, dinking around with your StarTech capture device crap. You're gonna. You, yeah. uh, Brian's whole life is all about bypassing yeah. HDMI and making better uh, graphics out of old shit. That's your deal. It really is, and and lately has been more about uh, getting a better and 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 less and less latency wherever that bottleneck is. And so, you know, we talked last week about a capture device uh, that was sent to me, and I played with it, and it was just like a little, it was just a little component, little it was a little cable with a composite input, mm-hmm. and I was like, I wonder if something is any better out there. So I looked at StarTech. You may not be familiar with StarTech. They make a lot of cable stuff. Uh, and But they have this capture card for about $150 on Amazon. And it allows me to input uh, in composite S-video component. Uh, I got a DVI in there and an HDMI cable. Uh, so there's all these different interfaces. And the reason why that's exciting is because right now on most of my equipment, I'm coming, I'm, I am upscaling using an HDMI cable, mm, right? Mm. And so that introduces lag. Oh, and I see. So, okay. Yeah, so some of these games that I'm wanting to play, like fighting games, uh, this hopefully will eliminate this. It's, it's USB 3, and like I said, it's got composite, it's video, it's got these different cables that I can input into. And it is, I did a little test, it is slightly faster than the cable that was sent to me, mm. which is not a surprise. This is a much beefier uh, piece of equipment. The other one just has like an inline uh, cable components sure. uh, built into it, sure. uh, but I, I tested um, I tested uh, Genesis uh, 
uh, what was it, an X-Men game, I think. And there's like all kinds of snow going on. And there's like, there's all kind of stuff going on on the screen. And this was just a little bit faster, enough faster that I would go, oh, yeah, I might be able to jump or uh, make a move a little bit quicker with this thing. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's pretty awesome. I like it. Yeah, like I said, about $150. It's a StarTech video capture device, 1080p, which is, you know, I'm mostly doing this stuff for streaming purposes. So, you know, 1080p is plenty enough. Uh, for what I'm doing. Oh, I just realized how I know these guys. Uh, they, oh, I have cable, one of their, I have one adapters. of their USB C uh, hubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Works great. Works great. They're, they have a. They don't have enough. Freaking awesome. They don't have enough that are USB C only. They have a lot that it's like, hey, plug in a couple of USB Cs, but then here's 500 right. freaking USB threes, <laughs> and that's fine. They always seem. Come on, man. Give me the. They're reason. always making adapters that I end up needing because I'm like, oh, I need, uh, you know, I need to go from D, uh, DVI to HDMI, or you know, I need to do, you know, uh, something like that. And they they make good quality products that aren't too expensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'll give them that. They they seem to be good. I'll give them yeah. that. So go check it out. If that yeah. sounds like something you're trying to do at home with your conversion, like Brian's doing, uh, StarTech but have the answer. But don't don't forget to ask me about my coasters. Your coasters are stupid. I mean, what's going on with your coasters? Just kidding. They're cool. What are they? Coasters? What is this? I was what on. Well, I was getting that StarTech. Uh, Dude, thing. where'd you get like, those? Those are awesome. Aren't these sweet? These are NES coasters. So imagine, if you will, original NES and their, you know, their carts that you would see. I thought they and were cartridges when you held it up. That's so cool. Are they cool. like cartridges? When yeah. you look at them from the front, this is what 3D does for you, people. Okay, if you look at it front like this, you're like, "Oh, look at that! Brian's holding a cartridge because it's got the it's got the original uh, artwork and label and everything." Mm-hmm. And then you turn to the side and you're like, "Oh, that's like a coaster," and it's got all these great ones. It's got it's got it's got all the classics. It's got the Mario. It's got the Zelda in there. It's got the Super Mario three, two. I mean, I, this is just this is so only much nine. Fun. It's only nine bucks. Nine bucks, man. I'm doing nine dollars. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm doing this. They got a whole bunch of these. They got PS PS One stuff. They have old floppy disk yeah. ones. They got. Uh, I've been trying. I've been kind of adding them in when I order stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in my cart while I'm uh, while I'm getting this. These are great, dude. So wait, is this the pan yeah. pan pal uh, platone or whatever paladone? Uh, paladone is that what it's called? Yes, is paladone the is the name brand, and uh, these are the NES coasters. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine they would be really good coasters because they're just barely above paper quality oh, but uh <laughs> the novelty of it is really cool i love it all right chat if you're curious i will put a link in the chat and you can go get it yourself with a gigantic link look at that thing oh my gosh all right well you've done it uh well done let's dive it. in today's discussion now shall we play a game hey brian there are a lot of games mm-hmm that were great 2D games. And then the 3D world came along and said, hey, uh, look at this, PS1, N64 time. Everything's going 3D. What are you going to do, Mario, Sonic, Rayman, Bubsy, eh, a million others? And they all said, varying degrees of okay to shitty is what their answer was. Um, it was a hard transition. It was actually really, really tricky time for those franchises to try to figure out their place in a 3D world and how those games would translate really well. I think everybody always thinks of this game here. 
And listen to this. Dear Mario, please come to the castle. I have baked a cake for you. Yours truly, Princess Toadstool. Okay. Peach. That peach, peach. bullcrap is the worst. <laughs> First of all, it's not, peach. they don't have their, their volume is effed up because their music's too loud and Peach, you can barely hear her. But then again, yeah. VO back then, nobody knew what they were doing yet. Mario sounded fine. Peach was horrendous. Um, but then, you know, you got this. Some gameplay. Hey, look at Mario running around in 3D, full three dimensions. Uh, it worked. They somehow pulled it off. We'll get to the Z access in a minute. But the... Uh, the game, uh, somehow, 3D platformers were born, I think, on the back of the success of Mario 64. Everything else that came after kind of stole from right. it, lifted from it, including their own games. And uh, I don't think there's any getting around the impact and how powerful Mario 64 was yeah, that day. Su- yeah, Super Mario 64 was absolutely, literally a game changer. And it came in, and it was just... It blew our minds. It, it was it was well-reviewed at the time, and it's still... Uh, well reviewed. It's still that one of the, great, thing, it's one of the, the greatest games ever made. Period. Just one of the greatest. Right. Yeah. It's one of the greatest games. But don't get me wrong, because I, we're going to talk about what they got wrong. Because there's still plenty to be uh, mm, disappointed. Maybe no, we wouldn't even say disappointed. To be um, there's plenty of disappointing things to experience. How about that? There is in a retro <laughs> way because in the t- at the time of it, it's it blew our minds and it was like oh. nothing else, and we were happy to take it. Right. I'm going to disagree with you there because oh, oh, I do so. Tell I, me the, the, the game. This, this had some game breaking to it for me. There okay. was literally, I played this back in the day and I rage quit like after level two and I kept coming back to it and going, I just don't can't stand the way this control. Would you hate I about it? I didn't understand. I didn't understand what I hated about it at the time. Yeah. I was just like, I don't like it. Now, you also got to remember this is 1996. Uh, And so we're also, in addition to consoles going 3D, we're also seeing Quake. We're seeing Tomb Raider on the PC. Mm -hmm. You know, these are are also some very compelling early 3D things uh, and competing. So if you were just on, uh, you know, know, if you invested into the uh, 64 system, yeah, this would be absolutely the, the showstopper. There would yeah. be no comparison. But I don't. Okay, forget about controls for a second. I don't. I'm not saying they're not important. But let's 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 right. discuss this this game. And by the way, this is not our episode on the Mario series. That's coming at a different time. Um, oh God, yes. We're going to talk about this in the context of you know some of these other failures. But um, this game, its structure, what you did, how you did it, how you cleared a level, um, the inventive design of you know, how this game works and how, how it didn't how nobody else seemed to know what they were doing. I mean, they were way ahead of their effing time. This game. Oh, they were so far ahead. And I think that actually may have hurt them just a little bit. Mm. And, and I, I've been trying to think all week, what I think created the failure for me, obviously not a failure for everybody. Obviously plenty of people like it, but I also know that some of the complaints I have are same, some of the same complaints that I've heard other people say as well. So they were they were inventing this man. This was a 3D action platformer. Nice we man. that was open world. It wasn't just it wasn't that it was just a action platform. It was open world too, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean we're 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 running around with Mario in a whole new way. Yeah. He's able to go just about anywhere 
and you could make decisions based on any of that stuff. Yeah, you could go where you wanted to. The idea of open world games didn't even exist. And this was a game. Well, I mean, there were some concepts that were sort of open world. Right, but right. this is truly one of those. Not in the platforming arena. Yeah, and this had some. This had kind of a combination of uh, you need to do this before you can progress, but also you can do a lot of stuff before you have to go to that place. Like there's plenty to right. do and try and fail at and go try another one while you're recuperating from your horrible failure. Um, I think that in retrospect, the camera controls are, are bad, but yeah, we didn't yeah. know what we were doing yet. Like it was no. too early. This is like the first of its kind. So when the, you see this show up on people's best get video games of all time in the top two or three, it deserves it. it absolutely, I think it deserves yeah, it. It absolutely is. It is absolutely one of the best games. Now, if you go, what's one of the most enjoyable games to play? It's not going to be in the top 100. <laughs> um, I would put... <laughs> Uh, still don't know, dude. I found it to be magical when I played it. Like, I, I think, like I said, if you enjoyed it back in the day. Okay, so here's here's probably the thing that I realized. I started going back, and I, I gave you, I shared some of the YouTube links I had for what I did for research for Super mm. Mario uh, 64 while I was trying to figure out what exactly it was that really irritated me. Because back in the day, it was just, I didn't like it. I just didn't play it. I'm out. I've had a lot of game experience then, since then, and I'm like, oh, let's try to figure this out. What was what was really bothering me? Well, part of it was the jumping was not always 100% consistent with my expectations. So mm. some of the things I found out about the programming is in the platforming, uh, 2D platforming, everything was calculated exactly. When you jumped, it was all time to a – you knew – the character in the program knew – where you were going to land based on your interaction here in a 3d world. It's a lot more complicated. So there's when you jump, it kind of can cheat a little bit uh, to kind of let you land in certain places. So it's kind of got this close enough mentality. Only problem with that is it also can screw you. So in sometimes, sometimes it like it saves you, but then in other times it screws you, mm -hmm. and I've never liked that in any games because I really need my you need character precision. and physics to be consistent. I get you. Now, here's the thing, though. This is what we're talking yes. about today, so I think it speaks to that. So I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, um, but I would argue that its classic status holds up, but it holds up oh, with the caveat of we were going through a growing pain here. And that growing pain was evident here. It was evident on almost everything the PlayStation put out. Right. Um, I mean, there was just no getting around that. It just everything looked like shit on there. Um, and control was an issue. And I just don't think we had it figured out. There was a whole new way of thinking, a new language of game development and, and play that we were just now starting to poke our head into. Yeah. And this was an yeah. example yeah. of that being done as well as you could do it at the time. Absolutely. But in retrospect, maybe not so not so great. Whereas I, those two D games I hold up, you know, all the time. They're right. always good. Yeah, I don't blame them one bit for for the shortcomings. I don't blame them one bit because you don't know. This is a lot of complex ideas all thrown into this pot of will it be good? Does it fit? Not will it be good? I'm sorry. Does it fit in Nintendo's usual philosophy? Mm -hmm. Fun first. Mm -hmm. Is it fun? It's got to be fun. Nothing else matters. I didn't have fun. Oh, see, I think you're. <laughs> so I'm like, I think you're weird, like, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you being yeah, weird because there's, there's exactly. no way. There's no way that this felt good to everybody. There's no way. But I played this no, game to completion no. twice. I think. 
Um, oh my God. I How loved did you do it? it? Oh, cause I loved it. It was so good. And yes, it was a new way of doing things, but once you get those quirks, you figure it out. Right. It's not, you know, the hardest thing. Let's put it this way on the other. So let's, let's, let's give you an idea of what I'm experiencing at the time. Mm. I'm hopping back and forth between this and playing quake. Quake is the fastest freaking game you'll ever play in your life. Yeah, that great. game is like super speed and everything is pinpoint accurate. Once you learn how to do something in Quake, yeah. you just had it every time consistently. You you could you could do a rocket launch, you could do all kinds of stuff, and it was always 100 percent landed where you thought it was gonna land. Here, yeah. Yeah. like I said. I would get into places where I'm like, oh, I can't see. I can't see. The camera's kind of stuck. I'm like, oh, I can't get around. And it's like, and and then when I'm jumping, like if if you what is it like uh, if you jump three times in a row, then you launch yourself or something. Mm-hmm. So many times I'd be fighting against something like a boss or something, <laughs> and I'm like, and you expect those spaces to be even, right? You're like, okay, it's you know, you don't just press a button three times within ten minutes and it does something. It's like ten, you know, it's, it's three times within so many seconds. Right. That never seemed to be consistent. So I would like, I would hit it and then I wouldn't jump and then I would hit it two more times and suddenly in a third jump and suddenly I'm flying off the edge of something and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> why am I? Why am I dying? No, I get you. Look, you're, those are valid. I think those are valid complaints. Um, right. I just think again, it was an awkward time. So I think we can both we can also agree that if anyone got it right, it was this. This most of these the, got it wrong. <laughs> a lot of them. This is this is by far the most um, the the it's the biggest attempt at doing the biggest thing, and they nailed it. They nailed it. Yes, I I'll give you, Let me give you, you a game that did a terrible job. I'm going to play just a little sound from it. See if you can guess what this game is. Okay, I hated this game, even though it had some inventive right. stuff to do. I hated it. Here it is. <laughs> and yeah, it is. Does that sound familiar to you at all? <laughs> all right, the game is uh, Rayman Two. Oh, is that Rayman? Oh yeah. God! <laughs> now Rayman Two is on. I want to say you're, you're baiting me because you know my hate for Rayman. Yeah, you don't like Rayman. Brian doesn't like Rayman because he doesn't have any joints. He's <laughs> he's missing he a neck. Have any, he doesn't have any appendages. He's just got he's got hands and feet. Is that well? He doesn't have the connective tissue between the between the hands and the in the body. Yeah, and he's got no neck. It's just his yeah. doofy head stop, on top. Stop of the cheating thing. me. Yeah. Now the art the the later two D ish stuff that came out like ten years ago or less. Those are cool. I like those games right. a lot. They're yeah. really fun. They remind oh, me God. of like Rayman gets really good. He has a he has a couple of really excellent titles that are just freaking phenomenal. Yeah, and this game, but I'm, this I'm, early I'm, there's some stuff here. It's okay. I just right. don't think these early attempts at 3D games worked all that well. That's it, all. It reminded me somewhat of I don't know if you remember this title, Croc. Cro- oh, I do remember Croc yeah. from, from PlayStation. Yeah. Now I I liked Croc from PlayStation, aka the um the failed uh uh the failed Yoshi game the Yoshi game that that uh Nintendo decided they didn't want and so uh they they went off and made Croc yeah is that what happened this, this isn't yep. really a, it's not a Nintendo that's joint, what is it? that's what really happened I didn't learn this until this past week but yes uh is Traveler's Tales right they were working with uh oh yeah 
Yeah, Travis Tells did with, the Sonic 3D blast thing you were talking about. That that's right. Well. They were they were working with uh, they were working with Nintendo on bringing a Yoshi game, uh, and they gave you know they gave Nintendo and said, "Look what we got here. It's really cool, right?" And, mm-hmm. and Nintendo was like, "Yeah, but n- no." And so uh, they went off and they re- reskinned it a little bit and they called it Croc and sold it to the uh, Sony PlayStation. And there you go. Yeah. This this could have been this could have been the first 3D game. Potentially from when it was first being developed. Yeah, they they could have been before everybody else. I remember kind of liking Croc. I played it. It was all right. Yeah, I liked it pretty good. It was all right. I'm yeah. glad it. I'm glad it wasn't a Yoshi game. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Nintendo would have forced them to to have a little better, more little quality control. I mean, Croc Two was a little yeah. bit better. I liked it. It was it was fun. Because if it wasn't it was as good, uh, right. as, good enough for Nintendo standards or whatever, then. Right. You know, I, I have no reason to think that that's not true, but I actually enjoyed the time I spent it. I totally forgot about Croc. Holy crap. Yeah. Look yeah. at that thing. But maybe that's the problem is it's pretty forgettable. If it was Yoshi, it's, it'd be, yeah, it, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. It's not bad. Yeah. It's uh, it's okay. Now, I, I, mean, would, I would recommend, by the way, um, your whole control thing with uh, Mario 64. When's the last right. time you watched somebody speed run that business? Because, man. Oh, God. You want accuracy? Those people seem to have it. They know what they're doing. If you were if you were just speed running, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you were just speed running. Yeah. But I mean, it's an open world, so there's plenty of potential impossibilities of, you know, trying different areas that, you know, a speedrunner would probably never even hit. So I mean, mm-hmm. eh, like Quake. Once again, I'll go back to Quake. I could be anywhere in Quake and I could do the things I wanted to do. That's true. Um, but they're not, you know, I mean, obviously they're not platformers, but I played Quake right. the other day. Quake Quake is hard to play now, I think. it's it, right. To me, it's a similar thing. It's like f- first attempt, amazing. We all loved it. We didn't care. But we've refined how those games feel. And now yes. they feel better. And so when you go back and play Quake, you're like, oh, this is weird, twitchy <laughs> and way too slippery. And like, it's all over it the place. Hard, and it's hard to say because, okay, so let's talk about how I played Super Mario 64 this past week. I played it. I went by, I kind of searched my soul and said, okay, how did I feel about the N64 at the time? How did the game feel to me? Mm -hmm. And then I also played this N64 game on my PC using RetroArch and Muppin maybe. I can't remember what the core was, Mm -hmm. the emulator that I used for the 64. Um, And I was like, is this how it really felt because I don't know because I had uh, an Xbox series controller because I did not have a uh, N64 controller and I was like I really feel like I need to do that because I had completely kind of forgotten that those uh, those four yellow buttons on the upper right hand side of the controller was what you know managed the camera and on my series controller it was done with my analog stick and I'm like well this isn't a real experience I'm like do I I really know what I'm doing here Mm. so I ordered an N64 controller by the way which I was hoping would be here by now it's not and I also ordered an adapter that allows me to plug in two two N64 controllers into my PC so I'm gonna you're you're like a multi-tap junior there dude that's what that is it really is and so I'm I'm gonna come back to it later and talk about how I think the controls hold up greater length. That's the reason why I don't want to tackle the control part as much as what I felt like was going on. Yeah. And uh, that's the reason why I kind of watched some of those, how things were programmed and how it was, you know, how everything was set up on the back end. Uh, and, but you know, it's still, it's, I don't want people to think that I can't believe Brian hated super Mario 64. I didn't hate it. No, 
You don't. Hate I didn't hate it. it. I just hate didn't it. find. I just didn't find joy in playing it like I did other 3D games. Well, see, that's you, that's you, the place where you and I will will diverge because, right? To me, it was pure video game joy when I got that game. I was so right. enamored. That's was all it, I wanted to do. I loved it. What, so but much. how? Were, but how were you holding the controller, Scott? Um, that controller. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud. That controller sucks. Yeah. It's bad. It's a bad controller. It, but it we is didn't a, know. It is a. It is a tool that is trying to perform too many functions in in my opinion but i've always felt like i've never been a big fan of any of the nintendo controllers except for the n64's uh not too far off brother the gamecube controller which i kind of love i love the gamecube controller comfortable as hell that thing i've liked every controller nintendo's ever made with two exceptions the n64 and the Wiimotes. Don't the like them. The Wiimote. Oh, yeah. my God. Kiss don't, my don't Wiimote like butt. Not a fan. But I really like right. how the Switch feels. I like Switch Pro controllers. I like uh, the uh, NES SNES controller. Still feels great in one's hand. Right. Um, they, they did a great job. But I, I don't know, feel like the, 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 the Pro controller, I, I don't feel like. I, I don't lump it in because you didn't typically get that with the system. I'm thinking about controllers that came with the system yeah, because yeah. I could go like, oh, but look at that Xbox Elite controller. Nah, it didn't really come with the system. Yeah, you got to do the stock mm. one. You have to do the stock one. Yeah, do whatever the stock, the stock one. one is. I like everyone wants to talk about the Wave Bird on the on the GameCube. Very cool controller. Yeah. It didn't come with it, so you can't. It get did it. not. It was a very cool controller. You know, it was wireless. It's still fairly expensive. People, people. <laughs> I love the fact certain things that I've been learning as I've been trying to not really collect, but make a full entertainment uh, experience with my GameCube. And I found two things that are very difficult to find because they didn't come, they weren't attached to anything. So like the WaveBird controller, the dongle that plugs into the system, yep. everybody loses that apparently. Yeah, everybody loses kids. it. So they're yeah. freaking expensive. You can find WaveBirds anywhere, but the the, the little... Receiver, you can't find anywhere expensive. And then the stupid Game Boy player disc you got to have. You can get a Game Boy player uh, for your GameCube for like 50 bucks. It's like $200 for a disc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous because it is, it is no one ridiculous. can keep up with it, apparently. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's not a game. Uh, but yeah, all all that aside, you know, again, it's an awkward period, and I feel like yeah. they struggled. Um, the people that didn't struggle were the ones that were paying attention, and then coming out later with things like Sony's second controller, the DualShock One, which was yeah. basically just a Sony controller with the two sticks, was great. Um, yeah. Hardly any game supported it, unfortunately, but it yeah. was still great, and that became the design to this day. Like they all look like that. You know, yeah, I'm holding, still, I, have, I have third-party controllers here that all sort of still use the same design. It mm-hmm. was a really ingenious uh, design. It didn't need a Z key. It didn't need a little yellow thing for moving camera shit around. Like, what were they thinking? Nintendo, it's a weird Nintendo time for me. It, I just don't know what they're thinking. I, I think Miyamoto was pushing that because he realized very early on because they, they, they loved what Star Fox was. That was kind of how we got to Super Mario 64 was what... Star Fox was doing 
and by the way, I didn't know this either. I learned all kinds of stuff this past week about about what was going on with that. Star Fox, originally, the developers wanted to make it kind of more open world where you could fly around anywhere. But Miyamoto was like, no, you need, you know, you need, it needs to be like on rails. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and goes on Super Mario 64. No, he's like, no, it needs to be wide open. Yeah. But he didn't feel comfortable until he had uh, a controller that could do it. That's the reason why, even though Super Mario 64 was ready as early as the SNES, the way they could do some things. Uh, they could actually fake some of it and make it work out. And yeah. The processing capabilities was kind of close enough that they could do something, but the controls, he didn't feel like the controls were there. So they designed this controller, which you see right now, somebody is doing the thing that yeah, doing they're a doing tear a teardown on the video, by the way. Yeah. If you've they're never actually seen doing the, a restoration on this video. They're going to take it and clean yeah. it and then put it back together and make sure it's all. If you've never there. seen it, N64 controller, it is kind of like you would expect from a normal controller where it's got two grippers on the edges, but then in the center, there's like the center holding spot for a thumbstick. So you could hold the controller either uh, this, like at a 45 degree angle this way where your where your thumb is on the thumbstick, or you could hold it on each end and reach, reach your thumb over if you needed to. So it was just, it if was trying thought, to solve if, a by very the way, complex problem. If you thought problem. those were dumb... Those controllers, yeah. just, uh, go buy a third-party one at the, in that era. The third-party yeah. N64 controllers, those were the epitome of stupid. They were yeah. so big yeah. and dumb and clunky. Oh, my gosh. They're so bad. <laughs> and not well-built. And the one thing about the N64, too, man, we need to have a whole episode on controllers. I love me some controllers. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that the N64 controller had, a couple of things. First, it had a rumble pack you could plug in. That was all new idea, right? And then wasn't a wasn't there a wasn't a memory, but what was it? There was a couple of different. It was packs a memory expansion pack, memory? but all those went into the yeah. machine itself. They were into the base unit, not the there controller. Was two different things you could plug into the controller. One of them I think was a rumble pack, and one was oh, what was it? Was it set memory save? No, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't I know can't remember what it was. I don't know. I thought it was only a rumble pack, but maybe there was something else. Mm, there was there was something else you could plug into it because I had I always had to swap it out because I was like burger burger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at this guy brush, brushing his uh, chips. This is nice. Yeah. By the way, if you do decide to get an N64 controller on eBay, which I would, I went with the OEM, the one I purchased, uh, and you've got to make sure that you buy one that still has a stiff stick. That's something you need to look at because those those thumbsticks really, they, you know, they didn't know how the usage was going to be on those things. They didn't well, they know no how. Idea. Yeah. They thought a lot of yeah. games are still going to be these 2d games and some were, but for the most part, right. that stick became the standard. And mm-hmm. now every game's like that. It's all analog. And sticks. these sticks are, it's freaking amazing that the sticks hold up as well yeah. as they do. We complain about controller drift, but it's amazing that they hold up as well as they do as much as we, well, you know, we foodle, foodle around with them, foodle yeah, my, around with them, Scott. All my Xbox branded controllers, I've never had controller drift on any of them. But my Sony no, ones, Xboxes. the Sony one rubber comes off real easy. Yeah. Uh, after a lot of use, I have some drift on those. The, the Nintendo ones have been a little drifty. For whatever reason, right. the Xbox ones are just like solid as a rock for, when it comes to those sticks. They're not the best deep for, so the sticks are good. I, I agree. They And they've actually, they've, they've addressed that in a couple of, you know, like the Elite for the D-pad, you know, I've got large hands and the Xbox controller is perfect for me. Mm. I won't say that it's a superior controller over any other controller other than to say that that the Xbox is perfect. It's also, it's also 
you know, become, it became the standard for PC connectivity for controllers and right. kind of hard to deny all that. But yeah, my, I like Microsoft the, is like, like support for everywhere. Yeah. Let it, let Just everybody, let everybody have use support it. for these controllers. Exactly. I like the PS5 controller fine, but I do, I find it flimsy and weird feeling compared to my, those those right. those series controllers just feel like trucks. It's like, give me that. I'm a I'm a play a video game. Rawr! Like there's just something about them. Can't explain it. Uh, now, all right, let's talk about CD Thronic. CD Thronic. Sonic CD 3D Thronic. Blast. Can't can't say English. Sonic 3D Blast. I'll play a little bit of this. So anyone who remembers this, good on you. Okay. So this was uh, Sonic 3D Blast. Oh, that sound. Yeah, do a little character selection here. This is where you decide what you're going to do. Okay, pick your level. Okay, and then go. Almost. Skip ahead. Oh, here we go. So this is a late-ass Genesis game, right? This is the last Sonic game on the Genesis. This was two years, or maybe at least at least a year after they had discontinued support for the Genesis system, but they were still developing a few games. And Sonic 3D Blast was blasted on to the blast processing of the Sega Genesis in 1996. And you may go, Brian, Scott, this is not a 3D game. It's 3D rendered sprites. S- pseudo 3D game. Pseudo yeah. th- on isometric on an isometric board. Yeah. And I'll go, wait a minute, we have a point. The games that we're <laughs> reviewing today were all a race to make it to console 3D platforming. Um, and the year was 1996, where three of these systems brought something to the table and either succeeded mm-hmm. or failed. And we're going to talk about that well, other failure very sales, shortly. Sales-wise, this game, this game did not sell well, but I think that Sonic 3D Blast is, is a rad game. And I gets think it's not enough love, I don't think. I love this game, even though it's not true 3D yet on the Sega Genesis, but I will give them credit because when this was ported over to the Sega Saturn a year later, it's like it's like everybody turned in their 3D homework. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo had their stuff. They they got A's. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, it was Sony turned in their Crash Bandicoot. They got an A. Ah, they got was, a B. They got a well, B. Well, anyway, they they scored. They they turned in their work. Yeah. Uh, Sega said, "Here's a kind of 3D game. Um, can we have more time?" <laughs> and so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we a whole said, generation of consoles worth of time is what they right, wanted. right. So we yeah. said, we said, eh, we'll see. Yeah. And so uh, it, Saturn, the very following year, uh, they released Sonic 3D Blast, a port over to that, and it and the bonus stages was true 3D rendering. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was it was going to be something that we were going to see going forward, sort of. So yeah. they kind of get. Some credit, but Sonic 3D Blast was essentially the 3D homework they turned in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it's so a little like Nintendo. If you're if you're counting 16-bit era homework, Nintendo yeah. also turned their homework in with with the Donkey Kong series. The difference there is <laughs> those Donkey Kong pre-rendered bit pieces of business. Those right. were still in. It, they were still effectively a 2D platformer. Like it didn't change yeah. the formula. Yeah. Whereas this game, its attempt was. 
is that, all right, we're going to use, you know, we, we're still on the old tech here, but we're going to make a basically a 3D game. What's the difference? Yeah. And they did. It's three rendered, iso, 3D rendered isometric uh, and a lot of damn fun, yeah, if I, like I must it. say so. I like now, it. I did not have any problem controlling this game, and it might be because the game was a little bit wasn't what you usually expect from Sonic. Sonic is a very fast game, and I actually liked some of the uh, the slowdown they had. And the reason why it was slow partially is because I I, I read a whole bunch of stuff uh, by by the director of of the the game, uh, John Burton, mm -hmm. and uh, you know he talked about the limitations of the hardware and what they had to do and how frames were drawn, right. uh, and and so. He explains it quite well on his uh, YouTube channel. I think it's Game Hut. If you're not following what uh, John Burton of Traveler's Tales uh, is doing, you need to follow him. He's got a director's cut of this, too, by the way. This oh, really? Sonic 3D Blast. Yeah, yeah, really? That sounds neat. And we'll talk about how to play. I'll tell you all about that when we get to her, uh, where to play this at. Because I, uh, I have a very frustrating relationship with Sonic. The original Sonic games, yeah. 1, 2, and 3, Sonic and Knuckles, all that, uh, I don't think I like um, I don't even think at the time mm -hmm. I did other than they were kind of the hot thing. And the reason I don't like it is because it is just a lot of streaking past stuff. And I, I don't yeah. feel like yeah. I got any time to see anything. I feel like that's not a real game. I want to be able to sort of take my time. And this 3D Blast game let you do that. You can yeah. kind of, I don't know, it's not Zelda-ish, but you know what I mean? Like you just can go and Absolutely. do your thing and not feel like you're rushed constantly. And there's some moments it's of real speed and that's fine. That's great. But but the core of the game, you know, you can kind of take at your own pace. Yeah, and it's kind of open world. You can kind of go where you want to. You don't have to yeah. do anything linear. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's an isometric uh, marble madness kind of thing. But you don't have to go. You can keep. You can backtrack. You can collect coins. You can. What you really collected though are, and I learned this this past week too. God, I learned so much this past week, Scott, and I didn't even mean to. But mm. the things that you're doing in this game is you're collecting flickies. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Flicky, 1984 Sonic arcade game? No. Yeah, me either. Yeah. It's a it's a game where you play <laughs> as a a bird and you're flying around on this screen with platforms uh, and. You have to avoid a cat while collecting uh, little baby birds. And what you do with the baby birds is you drop them off at the exit door, kind of like what Sonic does here. And that's the reason why they call them Flickies, because you have you can go and you can drop off the Flickies and keep them safe uh, so that you can progress to the next area. Yeah, the, so whole, the whole game's thought, a fetch quest, basically. It's kind of how it, it works. really is. Yeah, which but is fine. The you little, know. Yeah. But man, I, I played this game hands down more than <laughs> any more than Crash Bandicoot, more than Super the Super Mario sixty four, yeah. more than anything this week. I played it because there's so many different versions of this. I played it on uh, the Genesis emulation. I played it on the Saturn, by the way, which is probably my favorite on the Saturn. Saturn two D games are the bomb, dude. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I liked it because of the texture mapping and then the bonus stages were actually in three D. I I got to say that the director's cut really good. Uh, one of the complaints that people have about the uh, this game is the fact that it is kind of slow. It doesn't really seem like Sonic. Lots of times mm. he sped all that up because he can't because he got the processing power now, oh, and uh, th yeah. that's available out there. You can get it. I got it on Steam. You can buy the Genesis games. This is one way to do it. You don't have to do it this way. This is the way I did it. I bought the uh, I bought the 
Sonic 3D mm-hmm. Blast on the on the Steam for five dollars, and then I went to the Steam Workshop, downloaded the mod from the uh, from the director, and launched it and played it, and it was definitely an improvement. Interesting, it's, uh, interesting. It's faster. Got some. Uh, got some more. I got. It's got to get just a better feel to it. Well, you definitely have the hardware now, which is you know makes makes a big difference. I think yeah. part of the reason this game didn't see, succeed in its initial sales um, and reception was was really a simple reason which is you really changed what Sonic is. So the yeah. fans were like, wait, what is, what even is this? It feels like a novelty. It doesn't feel like a proper Sonic game. And that's unfortunate because, um, you know, Nintendo may have yeah. faced that as well with Mario, but they pulled it off so well, nobody, nobody questioned it. And it stayed there since. Um, right. It doesn't diminish the quality of those 2D games, but basically they were saying, look, here's, you know, Sonic, but not the way you remember him. He's not running around <laughs> sideways. You know, I think it really threw That's people right. and nobody. Bought yeah. It. And the chat's kind of making a good point. Yes, it was kind of influenced by um, by Mario RPG. Yeah. Right. Yeah, kind of had that. that isometric look, too. Mm-hmm. I can see that. They were all pre-rendered sprites as well. And that whole thing was the same. Same style. Yeah. And yeah. this. And this is also there was a there was a Game Gear. We haven't talked about the Game Gear on this show yet. Um, by the way, I bought a Game Gear way back in the day at Kmart. It was like four years after you know they you know they were pretty much just out the door. I was like at a Kmart and I saw one for like twenty bucks. Oh, I duh. picked it up and a bunch yeah. of games for like two or three dollars a piece. I don't know what I did with the thing, but I was it totally blew my mind away at the time. I had um, I bought one was, brand new and spent too much money on it, so that's cool. Yeah. I didn't spend hardly any money on it. Yeah. So there was one called Sonic Blast that launched the same day, launched the same day, and was part of the same marketing uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, but it was called Sonic Blast. Nothing like this. No. It's nothing like this. <laughs> no. They pretended like it was the same thing. It's like it this was the, the same. same it was the same. <laughs> or no, it basically played like the other Sonic games, except slower because the game, yeah. game Gear was not you know as powerful exactly. as this was. But, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was uh, man... The more stuff I was reading about Sega during this time, they're, they're, the time they start to fail, yeah. all the miscommunication things that are going on within Sega is just outrageous. No, like here's, here's the deal with Sega. Outrageous. Like I, I, It's easy to say it now, but I, even at the time, I remember thinking, okay, your problem is, is right now with the Saturn because the right. Saturn was designed to say, look, all these other machines we made, they weren't fast enough. Now here's a really fast 2D machine. That's what people care about, right, right, right? And no one's telling them any different. And then that thing launches alongside roughly the PlayStation 1, and and they're like, whoa, wait, that thing's all 3D. What are we doing? Oh, shit, we're going to have to wedge 3D in here somehow, which is what they did. And it was bad. They were were running – they were – Sega was trying to run like a million different divisions that weren't discussing with each other. And one division was doing something called Sega Mars. And one was doing Sega Saturn. The Mars was the 32 X that we got to see here in the U S primarily when it first came out. And so their efforts were split between, you know, doing CD stuff and then trying to plug this thing into the old Genesis and give it new life. Mm -hmm. And so, Everything got screwed. Yeah, and uh, just after Fail is the most spectacular thing I've seen. Now, we talk about the console wars all the time, but we used to talk about the high. Hold on, you Some just went. You just went super crunchy. Let me see what's going on. Oh, is that you? 
All right. Sorry. Okay. Tech, tech issue, everybody. We're back. So, Brian, you were saying, sorry, uh, continue on with your... Oh, so, uh, so what was I saying? I, th- I oh, think I was uh, saying that Sonic fell spectacular. And we usually talk about the console wars bet- at the beginning, right? We yeah. usually talk about what happened in the beginning. We didn't talk about the victims of this. <laughs> I would say... That the I would say that the sixty four because they were all scrambling and they didn't know exactly what to do. Yeah, right. Because we were in a transition stage with tech, and there was so much pressure from the actual, you know, the previous generation that they couldn't fail. Right. Yeah. And so as a result, they tried to do all these. Nintendo was outside his comfort zone with the N64. Oh, and big I time. Think that's some of the things. Big time. Yeah. I think it affected them. I think in Sony's case they had an advantage of being kind of the, the little rock star in the room where they're like, yeah, yeah, we don't care. Look how jittery our polygons okay. are. Who gives a shit? Like they're just like, right. we're making these. And everybody else was like, no way. This isn't like we usually do things. Well, Sony's like, well, yeah. we've never done it before, so let's go. Like it doesn't matter. Let's I, just get in here and do it. To me that is a fat one of the most fascinating eras in all game time, game history is yeah. that era. Yeah of that transition really to see who did what, how they did it, how they made it through. Um, I'm looking a little bit at, at some Saturn gameplay here. Um, you're right. They fully rendered out those, those tube sequences. Yeah. And, the tube uh, sequences, yeah. I think uh, Sonic R, which was a fully 3d race game, yeah. foot race. Uh, they used some of the engine from that. They, they used some of the character models and assets. So, yeah, it uh, you'll you'll recognize that, it's but it's nice very color. rudimentary. Yeah, it's, it's got some nice color though. Because look at this. Normally, this is like super bright orange and white, yeah. and because you're on a Saturn, you got more capability. And the thing is, they really had something. The 2D engine capabilities of the Saturn were unparalleled. They were so good. Yeah. It's good. And then they were like, "Oh shit, we got to do 3D." And then I feel like that's where it started. That's where the poo started yeah. to drip. You know? Yeah. I don't even know what that they, means. The poo it means exactly what you said. The poo did start to drip. It was like it was a nice solid poo up until <laughs> until then, yeah. and then it just uh, it just got like bad. panicked or poorly managed or I don't know. Yeah. It bums me out because huge Sega fan here. I don't know if I've made that clear on the show, but I love my I loved my Genesis. I love this stuff now. Yeah. I gravitate even like if I've got a choice between a third party game on a Genesis or a SNES, I almost always choose Genesis. I like yeah. that kind of. Again, they were the rock stars back then. They were the ones that were like kicking the kicking the machine and going, "Yeah, Nintendo, you think you can do all this? How about us?" And then they just forgot or something. They and imploded the- because this is this is some of the stuff I've been learning. Once again, I don't know all this yet, but I do know that there was a lot of Sega of America was made up of a couple of different things. The ones we think about Sega of America really is just artist and marketing. Yeah, STI, which was the uh, the Sega design team who were doing the programming and stuff they were uh they were different a smaller team and they and and they were receiving a lot of pressure from here and overseas and the the developers over in, in Japan were envious of the Americans and the Americans felt like they were being dissed and it was just mm-hmm. there was just all of this infighting that was going on and it was just Nobody was at the wheel, man. Nobody yeah. was at the Sega wheel, or maybe too many people were at the Sega wheel. I don't but know. How I know even, is that I don't even know they how they imploded. got to the freaking, you know, ultimate success of having a Dreamcast even come out. Like the Dreamcast was a miracle, man. It is a miracle. It's a it's a freaking miracle, and it is still one of my I loved my favorite console. I freaking loved that thing. I yeah. loved it. 
Um, I think the yeah. controllers were weird and all that, but whatever. That was the era of weird things. It was so great. It's the first time I ever played yeah. a multiplayer game with a friend over the internet. And it was, mm-hmm. well, on, on something that wasn't a PC. And I did right. it on, um, I think it was, we did NFL 2K. Because right. that was the game that year. It was an amazing football game. And I played my friend uh, Dave, I guess, like all the time on that thing. And we had to make sure nobody was on the phone because it was all dial-up. Right. And I was like, Kim, stay off the phone. I'm going to get a touchdown here. Like that sort of thing. It was great, dude. I freaking I freaking loved that thing. It was so much fun. And and they and could have been... Felt like, ugh, bums me out. And it felt like every title was a winner, especially after the Saturn, which where every title was like... What is this? A stinker. A stinker is what they were. Yeah, because, you know, it was really hard to develop for the Saturn. So all the third party people are like, nah, we're, we're going to go play with Sony mm-hmm. or Nintendo because Sony was doing something, which was they they did something. They had a Crash Bandicoot, not an official true Sony uh, mascot other than he kind of represented the company for a while, even though he wasn't, you know, he mm-hmm. wasn't actually owned by PlayStation. He, he was in their Sony ads. They would run just play straight PlayStation yeah. ads that weren't even about Crash, yeah. Crash Bandicoot. And he would still be like the head of the ads. Right. Stuff. He was, he was their spokesperson. How yeah. about that? So he was, uh, so he comes on the scene and I actually like the fact that where Super Mario and Nintendo was trying to redefine everything. And they kind of lost a little bit of the platforming. I think that's what kind of bothered me because it was supposed to still be a platformer. Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at right. these ridiculous, overly gesticulated facial expressions in Crash Bandicoot. Oh, my God. Go, go it was so 96 yeah. for Sony. Oh, and it was yeah. so radical. It's insane. Yeah. So, uh, all the by the way, all the voice acting done by the same, except for one character, all done by the same voice actor. I didn't know this until I started researching Crash Bandicoot. But yeah, uh, back then they had those, no budget for anything else. It was like we got one. Yeah, dude, let's do it. But I, I interviewed uh, I interviewed the creator of this and the found, co-founder of Naughty Dog not Naughty too Dog. long ago. Yeah, and um, this thing was a bona fide hit for Sony. It did well, you know. Yeah, especially and one. It's, it's it was a great series, and Naughty Dog really. Did some amazing Crash Bandicoot games. Some of my, I didn't, I didn't play much Crash back in the day, but playing it this past week, I'm like, wow, they really kept all the platforming stuff because you are on rails. They kind of keep you, you know, like in a straight path, even though you're looking at, as they called the game, uh, Sonic's ass game, because that's what you were looking at in Crash Bandicoot. You were all looking at. Crash butt, you know, that was kind of a new concept to us. It's like, oh, we're, yeah. you know, like Lara Croft for the PC. People were like, oh, look, I get to follow Lara Croft everywhere with her butt. Here's some sound from my game. Check this out. These sounds are so, this is so iconic for that game because the sound of those crates and then those. Udabaga, <laughs> that guy. I yes. love him so much. He's my favorite. Yes. He's basically your star from Mario. Uh, he where really you get, is. Yeah, you get unlimited power. You're not going to die or whatever. And the minute but he said abs- Ubuntu, I got excited. I love him. You're absolutely playing a platformer here, though. Look at this. I mean, oh, yeah. you're just, you're just, you know, you're just breaking boxes and jumping over stuff and attacking enemies. I mean, this is just platforming 101, just done in 3D. So they kept it simple, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They just, they just. They took a lot of heat for it too, world. though. I remember the critics were like, "Yeah, you should do yeah. more than this. This is just too linear for us, or whatever." Right. Well, I'm going to disagree because after many years of playing it, 
I'm like, yeah, I enjoyed this. I I, I like enjoyed. It. I like. I it. enjoyed uh, going from point A to point B. I thought it was a lot of fun. That and my God, still... look at! Oh my God, was this? Did you see that Crash Bandicoot with the weird teeth? In uh, that yeah, where that he where wild. he does his weird little pause at the end there. It's super stupid. Yeah. He's um, a bandicoot, by the way. Yeah, he's a bandicoot. For I thought he was room. a wombat. I, for the longest time, <laughs> didn't know that. I thought, well, I remember reading that that was like one of the possibilities was it was going to be a wombat. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't, I thought a bandicoot was a made up word, but apparently it's a. <laughs> it's a real, real thing. Yeah. Animal. That's hilarious. No, I, it sounds yeah. like something I would do. So I'm happy someone else did it uh, and right. <laughs> figured out what a bandicoot is that way. But. But yeah, like, uh, you know, who, who would have thought that this would be the Uncharted slash uh, freaking Last of Us devs? Yeah, um, yeah. Unbelievable company now. Like, things have really changed in their favor. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, the guy that co-founded it no longer is there. He works at, uh, he left in 2012, 13, 11? 2012, right. Can't right. remember. He's now at uh, Meta, doing Meta stuff. Right, doing VR the Meta business. stuff, baby. Yeah. Bringing us some more... Uh, uh, Crash Bandicoot, right? Yeah, more, more, no Bandicoot, more Bandicoot, just in VR. No, so the new, the new Bandicoot, the four, I guess it is. I hear that's actually right. quite good. I, I want to try I, that. I've heard it's good too. I did play a little bit on Steam. I bought the Bandicoot Insane trilogy, which includes one, two, and three. And it's, I guess, I don't know who had the license at the time, but they didn't have the original source code. So I'm assuming. I don't know if Naughty Dog was a part of it, or I don't. I don't know exactly everything. All I know is I fired it up, and I'm like, "Oh, is there not a way to play with the original graphics?" Mm. And it's like, "No, it's a complete rewrite of the source code." Oh, uh, okay. Because four is a, a complete four rewrite. is a brand new game. Uh, the other right. the other ones that are remastered, yes, you can't do reverse graphics, which kind of sucks. It'd be cool if you could, but the yeah. uh, the new one is way more of like a traditional modern platformer with all the kinds of right. things you think of and i i hear it's quite good i should play it yeah. i also like crash team racing if i'm honest i thought that that's what well that's that's one of everybody's favorite when you talk about crash you can't really talk about the crash without talking about the crash yeah team that racing. also that's had Udubaga in it i think he ran the race uh, or something i think he and was his like, and his evil brother right yeah Udubaga's evil brother yeah i mean it's almost i i don't know if it's racist or not but it seems like maybe they were playing in some some ethnic trouble there yeah. a little bit with the Udubaga, well, but they, uh whatever they were already they were already playing with the uh, being kind of chauvinist because you know Crash's original uh, uh, girl who they 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 uh, the kidnapped here yeah Cortex they 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 kidnapped his girlfriend and she was all busty kind of like uh, oh, yeah. Roger Rabbit's uh, what's her name Jessica Rabbit Jessica Rabbit so she's yeah. kind of a Jessica Rabbit kind of thing well, you know more like and, uh, and part- uh, what's the one where you go uh, Dragon's Lair the girl in Dragon's Lair is oh, like yeah. the ultimate of that that's, right that's yeah. right and yeah. so and so now but then in part two. Uh, they made it, they had a sister come in, so she was a lot more, you know, just sassy <laughs> than really just being some kind of sex object. So, uh, it's a crash, yeah, crash bandicoot. I have that on my GameCube. That was like the second or third game I picked up on my GameCube because I was like, I really didn't get into crash back in the day. I want to see what it was about. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, wait, there's a crash game on my Nintendo and I was like, okay, but wasn't that a PlayStation thing? So yeah. I've learned a lot about Crash the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the Crash thing was, was interesting because now you can buy Crash Bandicoot things on everything, and it was never truly the Sony yeah. uh, mascot we all thought it was. But uh, <laughs> Sony's mascot uh, from the 3D era was Polygon Man. Is that what I read? I oh, think I read yeah. that it was like Polygon Man. He was kind of like right. in the early stuff, marketing stuff. They had like this big giant polygon head 
they could have done a lot worse here. than Crash Bandicoot. Here it is. Polygon Man was a former marketing character for Sony's North American offices. He appeared in the console's pre-launch ads, commenting on various launch games, but was dropped before the Sony first before Sony's first console. Uh, and replaced right. by a series of popular game characters uh, such as Sophia from Battle Arena Toshinden, Parappa the Rapper, and yes. per- Crash Bandicoot is on here as well. Uh, right. Polygon Man was basically like God. He's like a big head, big throbbing yes. head going, oh. He's a big head. He basically reminds me of a 3D version of Sinistar to me. Right, right. Rotten, rotten. People are mentioning the chat room, uh, mentioning Spyro. Spyro was uh, Sony's other... A temporary mascot. Am I breaking up again? You did, but okay. now you're back. So I don't know what's going on. Weird. That's something weird. Okay, I don't know what it is. I can't. Yeah, I just it saw it. It just it just it just flipped. I just saw it on my end too. So I don't know. But yeah. anyway, as long as I'm, am I steady now? You're good now. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Spyro was a, was a real thing. Sony didn't really pick up a a, a mascot. They've had mm-hmm. several along the way, but they didn't. Not like when we think when we think of Sega and Nintendo. Well, they now really, I think now the considered the de facto considered mascot is probably uh, Kratos. It's God of War, I think. Yeah, that when you when you see it, you think Kratos. There's actually like a little robot thing or something. I think that's also did something. I never played whatever the crap that was, but. I've seen it. Remember that uh, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale thing that was kind of like Smash Brothers they had on the PlayStation 3? Yes. So yes. Polygon Man was a character in that. You could choose. And oh, fight was him. he? Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. Let's see if I've got video. I do. Chat, look at this. So I never played this game. I remember it came out on PS3. It was a comp- direct competitor to Nintendo's business. Oh, you can right. even hear him talk. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Let me turn this guy up. Fight! He's... Is an illusion. Absolute power is a seamless illusion. Okay, he's not. He's not even scary. Ready? Screw no, that guy. I expect him to be like, I am giant manhead. I am no, giant manhead. Echoey and reverby. Yeah, not good. Oh, Sly Cooper over there fighting uh, Kratos. Yeah, Sly Cooper also a a fun little stealth game. One of the one of the first uh, console stealth games I played, I believe. First one of the first two D spelt stealth games, or not two D? Right. Um, what am I trying to say? Three D. Third-person stealth games that I ever played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't count Sam you know, Fisher, there was but. a there was a prototype game of uh, of a Sonic stealth game. How I think it was, I think it was for the Mars. What? Uh, so really? Yeah. I was like, wow, that's like opposite world there. I mean, why is there a <laughs> transformer is the opposite? On this? this is confusing me. I, that game never went anywhere, right? The fighting game, nobody played that. That was a that was I, a bad. Failure. I was aware of it, but I never really played it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk too much, and we need to have a whole episode on Sonic Extreme, um, and how it was canceled in 1996. Yeah. It was a it was supposed to be the first 3D game, and I there was a there's a prototype out there, and I did play it. It was neat. Was uh, it neat? Because I I would neat. be concerned. Well, how did you play it? How was that available? How do you get it? Uh, I I forget where I think it's just I, I found it on the internet. I don't even remember where I downloaded it from. I just looked at looked it up and found it on the internet and downloaded it. And next thing I know, you can use like there's like a fisheye filter on it, where uh, Sonic is kind of like like in a fisheye looking thing, and you you uh you actually can walk the walls and stuff. That like the whole the whole world rotates around hmm. as you uh, like it when you walk up walls and stuff. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty neat idea, but they had a long way to go. I mean, it was just a prototype and uh, it's kind of a shame. We didn't get it. We didn't really get a proper 
a Sonic 3D game until Sonic Adventure on the Sega Dreamcast, which I think you said before that you didn't really I care for. I hate and, Adventure. I hate it. Yeah. Two. I liked two. I didn't care for the first one either. We were very much heavily at that point into all this. I'm like, I don't need this much story in my Sonic game. I want to run. Yeah. Yeah. You want to run. You don't want right. any story. See, that's one of my biggest problems or my it biggest was, complaints. Right. Was, Here's the extreme right now. Yeah, this is extreme. On screen. That yeah. is. Yeah. It's pretty weird. It's but it's that really, cool, right? really ugly Saturn graphics. It's so bad. Like it the, really is. They did not know. Well, again, the machine was not meant well, for 3D, and so they had to do as rudimentary as possible, and it just came came off like. Ugh. What was that game that we played? That was the indie game that that was. Uh, it was oh. basically on like a platform like that, and you ran around yeah, the platform. That hit, and that hit number one, or hit. Uh, sorry, hit one It's out of early access. It's called Yeah Bullet. Bullet something. Ring, That's right. Ring of bullets. Nope. Bullet time. Nope. <laughs> bullet. Bullet rogue. I don't remember. It's good bullet, though. Something like that. But it was kind of like that idea. It's like you're on the outside of these rings, which is kind of cool, right? Sonic on rings mm-hmm. on the outside in, in this open world, real platforming where you got to jump or you can fall to your death, you know, in, yeah. into, into nothingness. And he's getting rings on rings. Think of that. Yeah, he's getting rings on rings. Yeah, and that's intense. I think it actually... I would, you know, I, w- I wish I could have could have made it. I wish I could have made it. I agree. Let's let's play a reason why I think Sonic Adventure is bad, though. I have some. Oh sound. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, enjoy this right here. Oh yeah, this is happening. Huh? He goes full anime at the end. Huh? Uh-huh. 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 Giving Sonic now, that voice, biggest effort right. mistake you people ever made, ever. Yeah, and it was you make, you make Mario he, go woohoo. Fine, no problem. I got it. It's good. It's it's this fun little stereotype of Mario. It works. He doesn't say any more than like five words, and he goes, yeah. yeah, and that's it. You give yeah. him a full vocabulary going, hey, Tails, let's go get us some hot milkshakes or whatever bullshit. Ugh. Hate it. It it was okay. So the 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 music I really liked. It is this I don't it, it's just Here's some. Why not just use my plane, the tornado? Listen to that. It's so metal. Thanks, but you gotta check out my newest power supply. Ta-da! Okay, that's whoa. A chaos. Okay, so they're always singing back there. They're always going. Sonic is doing stuff. So the the all the localism. So okay, in Mario, you had to read a bunch of stuff, right? That's one of the things I didn't care for the Super Mario sixty four. You had to read a whole bunch of instructions, and it was all in this weird cursive script. I'm like, what? I can't even read this. Um, but then here they they tell you everything through this, you know, through these vocals and and the voice with acting and. And since it's none of it's matched with any mouth movement, we forget that there was a time when characters would just stand there on screen and just bounce, and then you would have like a voiceover, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. and the faces wouldn't move at all. Well, in Mario's and, case, there was n- not even any of that. Like, unless you talk about right. the spinoffs, like the RPG and things, and and in those cases, even then, Mario never said anything. But right, it was. It was always just so straightforward. And so I think the biggest risk Nintendo took, actually, one of them that worked out really well was not screwing around too hard with the characterization and just said, what if it's just mm-hmm. a little woohoo, yaha, woohoo, and that's it. <laughs> woohoo. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that yeah. was really yeah. smart. It was, it was understated, Absolutely. but also more than it was, but less than it should be. And then Sonic comes we- along and goes, 
hey man, radical. And it's just like, gosh, dang well, it, that shouldn't be what he sounds like. Well, you know, especially, okay, so we aren't too far away from the Sonic cartoon. And actually, that was one of what they were looking for to do originally with the first Sonic 3D was to bring the Sonic cartoon to reality because Sonic was actually doing pretty good on TV with the cartoon stuff. So they yeah, wanted to kind of capitalize right. on that. Mario, you were in the Mario show, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we love it for his campiness, but yeah. we don't want to ever hear it in a game. I mean, <laughs> No, we never, ever. Listen, I want to re reiterate what Brian said, just said. We never, ever want to hear it in a game. I don't never. want to hear Lou Ferrigno. No, that's his name. We don't. Yeah, Lou Albano. Albano Al, is it Al, Albano? Albano. Albano? I don't think it's Albano. Yeah. <laughs> Albano. That's somebody else entirely. Super Mario but, uh, Super Show. Hold on. I got a clip. But, uh, Let me play it. It's right here. Oh, wait. Is this it? No, that's not it. How's this? No, that's not it. I can't. I think that it. was the song, though. Yeah, but it's not him talking. At the Mario. Do the song with the Mario. It's so do, bad. Do, I have that do. whole thing. Is it this one? Too. Maybe it's this. No, that's the yes, song. No. I'd call them the Super Mario Brothers. No. 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 I love when Scott gives us the, the sound potpourri. I can't find it. Flop around like a marionette. And that's not even it. Oh, it's because it says Mario in marionette. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so so we do have a lot of we do have a lot of uh, dubbing over because we didn't have any of our characters with their lips because they want to be synchronization problems with you know the lip sync and stuff. Because this, I believe the disc they distributed because the ISO I had had all the languages because we were now getting into a medium that was large enough to contain all the localizations on the same disc, right? Mm. We're not talking about carts anymore and smaller space where we got to, you know, the localization is going to take up a huge chunk. We're, we're actually looking at things like, oh, look at all this extra space we have. And so I'm with you. I'm with you, Sonic Adventure 1. I did not care for. I didn't like it. But two, I really kind of liked. I like it a pretty good bit. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, look, Sonic's fine. All right. Sonic is fine. I just think he is really trouble troubling uh, conversion. And there are some good new uh, Sonic games. Sonic right. Racing, the second Sonic Racing game, uh, the the modern uh, car oh, one, yeah. like the Mario Kart ripoff. Very yeah. good. It's very good. Yeah. We'll like, have to we'll have to pursue uh the console mascots uh kart uh race yeah. eventually one day. Yeah. Who did it best because Crash Team Racing is pretty good. Crash Team Racing is good. Mario Kart 8 good. is a masterpiece. Um, is Yeah. It's it's not so, old, but though. there's been so many. There's been a few that we could complain about, surely, oh, for right? Sure. Surely for not sure. every Mario Kart. I think is you have awesome. to look at, you got to look at their first outing, I think. I think you have to look at number yeah. one, what do we think now? How's it play now? That sort of thing. Mario Kart still plays really well. That's still a very good game. Yeah. Um, you know, looks dated, of course, but it plays well. Yeah. The, uh, does it well, does it play well? Oh hell yeah! I played it recently. It's good. It plays great. I played it. I played it last year, I think, and I remember going, "Oh yeah, they've improved th upon this ugly." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still got. I like that it still has all the drifty bits. Like the part, the yeah, the, yeah. the least, my least favorite of all time, despite playing a ton of it, uh, of Mario Kart games, is that N sixty four one. Mario Kart sixty four yeah. sucks. It's got rubber banding up I, the wazoo. The sprite yeah. characters look wrong. Mixed with 3D just didn't look right. It's just a problem, See, that game. The the 64 was 
the it was the most Nintendo was ever ahead of everybody when it comes to actual raw power. Yeah. They 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 kind of overshot yeah. and said we want to be, you know, we want to be the the biggest and baddest on the street. And they kind of overshot a little bit, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think and they overshot. So, yeah, and I, th- I think they lost. I think they lost a little bit of their original vision, which they've returned to many times since. Which is make it fun first. Yeah. It, nothing else matters. The it's got to be fun first. Yeah. Do you want to? I'm going to make a modern recommendation, which is not going to surprise anyone because I'm sure a lot of you've already played it. Game Pass is pretty pervasive now, but the new um, Psychonauts two game. Yes, Very. that is such a spiritual success uh, successor to. Uh, oh, it, it owes its life to these games, but I am telling you that yeah. game is awesome. It's so yeah. well made. Do not sleep on that game. Just because we had a couple of busy years with lots of great games, don't forget right you know, about that. It's game. really good. And it's part of the Game Pass on Xbox, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, Microsoft it owns was. it, so yeah, it'll, it'll be there forever. <laughs> we're getting to a place where we got to stop saying Microsoft owns it because because it'll be true of everything. <laughs> They kind of own everything. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to feel that way. I just realized yeah. that um, uh, we were talking today about all this WoW stuff that ca- came out today. And this will be the expansion they announced today, Dragonflight, will be the last expansion that isn't owned by Microsoft. <laughs> wow. After this, whatever's after this one will be a Microsoft joint, assuming the deal goes through next year as it's supposed to. Right, so, right. We shall see. We shall see. Oh, by the way, one more thing about, super, about the... Uh, the Nintendo 64. Yeah. It is one of the few consoles that it seems like I always have problems emulating because it just tears oh, yeah. machines up. Major even, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Even beefy machines. Yeah. Even though the why Sony. Is the, why is the emu- GameCube the easier? The GameCube is easier to, em- to emulate than the N64. Why? Why? Which is, I, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I, I guess it's just such a complex structure i've started i've started watching some videos on uh, youtube about that very topic of you know what was going on did you see this this I, I sent you a link to like just a couple of like like last week this guy's is, is rewritten all the source code uh for super mario 64 and has made it so that what they oh. wanted originally mm-hmm. for the 64 was to have two player action they wanted you to play as luigi mm-hmm. and mario but the limitations were just too great. You couldn't get good frames per second doing both. And he's he's rewritten the source code uh, so that you can at a, at a decent uh, frame rate. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I agree. I, I you sent that to me, and I watched the whole thing. It was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, seek that out, you guys. I didn't know. It, I didn't know. When, I didn't know what half of what he was talking. about. You know about, what I love about it though? This is why I love that guy. First of all, he's German yeah. as hell, and that's great. Yeah. Second of all, he has a great English accent or German yeah. accent in English. Uh, what I really loved about it, though, is that he didn't bother, you know, a lot of games, people will crack into some code and they will show like frame rate data and right. where you're at and like lots of little running numbers to kind of give you some data. He decides to tap into the Super Mario 64 font <laughs> and did. everything's presented in that freaking googly font. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's it amazing. is amazing. His name is Kaze Imanar. I'm not saying that even close, but it's K-A-Z-E. Uh, and if you look for his YouTube channel, uh, he he does uh, fixing the entire uh, uh, SM64 source code. And uh, it's pretty impressive what he did. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. It's, uh, it's cool. You guys should go check it out, especially if you like a German. I like a German. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> all right. There is uh, there it is. Send us your feedback on this one, guys. We want to hear what you think, what you th- uh, thought of some of these games we talked about, and also some of the ones we didn't talk about. Maybe some of the some of the more obscure failures in the 3D transition yep. uh, that certainly. And tell exists. me how I'm wrong. Tell me how I'm wrong, or even better, or tell me how I'm right. That you're right. Yeah. Ooh. Destroy it. Ooh. <laughs> All right, we're going to play Guess My Game. This is a little game we play at the end of the show, or in the middle of the show, where we uh, try to guess each other's game that we chose from yesteryear. We do it with sound and a hint of a year, and that's it. So I'm going to start with mine. Here's your hint. I'll give you an exact date. June 1st, 1994. Wow. Okay, chat, play along that's if you want. Like, that's like two years it's, uh, before what we talked about mostly today. It's true. Uh, 94, big year for games. And, uh, this was one of them. Now I played this then I will say it's not the most mainstream success, but you should know it. I think maybe the music will okay. do it for you. Cause you're closer to a nineties kid than I was. I was late eighties right. kid. You were early nineties kid. So I, we had some crossover there and I'm wondering if you'll recognize this for what it is. Cause it's very early nineties kid game. So here you go. You ready? Boom. Just recently. Chat room, not Choplifter. It's probably obvious this is Genesis. Yeah. This is That's the sound a character makes when they get hurt. They go, yeah! Yeah! Any guesses? It's Give tricky. me some more hints, man. Okay. Uh, it's based on a popular movie property, but only popular oh, with kids. Now we're getting down to the brass tacks. Yeah. So it's an IP game. And the game or the movie it's based on, kids really liked. It's aimed at kids. Right. You can pick one of right. three boys that are in this movie. Uh, you have a really wise dude you're working for. He's also in the game. Um. They have digital digital face versions of the actors for when you choose your character. Oh, chat room's got it. Don't look. Uh, let me give you another hint. So, they uh, they're really into a certain sport. Oh, into a sport. In fact, I'll just tell you, they're into soccer. It's not a soccer game, but they're really into soccer. These kids. Really? Huh. So is it the game that's the first in the list of my Sega emulation, and so I always ran it like a million times? <laughs> Maybe. You might have heard it a hundred times and never played it. Do you give up? Would it be them three ninjas kickback? Holy shit, it is three ninjas. How did you know? I told you, man. It's the first. Okay, so out of all my ROMs on yeah. my Sega Genesis. Yeah. Um, I always pulled it up first because it was the first in the list. And it's got a three. It's listed as three ninjas. Yeah, it's got a yeah, three, it's got a three. And so yeah. I, I, I would let that thing sit there because that's what I was testing with to get my controllers working, to get my video stuff working uh, for the core and everything. I did it when I was playing with Emu VR. Due to every time I load up any of these things, I always end up loading up three ninjas. And it's 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 one of the most infuriating games <laughs> To play yeah. if you don't have the controller right. No, I 100% agree. I still am not sure. I tried today you, to play it again, and I can't figure out how to yeah. get onto the, the ropes that swing so I don't die yeah. in the spikes. Yeah, you the, you start can't out platforming. There is no, let's walk for a second. Yeah. There's there's none of that. It's like immediately, 
if you don't jump from one stump to the next, yep. you're dead. Yep. And so it's infuriating not knowing if percent correct. You are 100% correct on this. It's not <laughs> a great game. It's okay, though. Is that though. in the movie? Um, they were just, I, th- I think so, weren't the kids? Oh, they went to baseball? That makes sense. Uh, maybe, maybe I screwed baseball. up and told you the wrong sport. That wasn't fair. But oh, yeah, that matter. Uh, I, mean, I knew right away. I was just waiting for you to give me as many clues as you could because I was hoping. To, other than the, the last couple, of, the last couple of weeks has been like we've been getting them like right off the bat. So I was grabbing. Like, other than the grabbing the vine to swing, it's actually okay. Right. It's a fun, okay platformer. It's, it's okay. Right. It's okay. Uh, speaking of the I've, show, I've Chad, played I played a lot of the show this week. That game's good. Yeah. The show. By the way, I, it's really good. Yeah. Go ahead. By the way, I picked the game that I I did. Like almost six days ago, and I was sweating it because I was pretty sure I wasn't going to remember. Do you remember it though? Oh yeah. I oh, I you had, do. I had to look it up. All right. I had to look it up, and I was like, I was flipping through, and I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember my angle. I had an angle. Okay, eighty-seven the is the year. I this one. So I'm going to play this. Year 1987. is nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, it was a good year. It was the year I graduated. Was. I was supposed to graduate in eighty-eight, but I was smart. <laughs> oh, were you though? Not really. Um, Ed Street Smarts. Let's put it that way. My test score sucked, but I aced everything. Or no, right. no, I'm sorry. It's the other way around. My homework record sucked because yes. I was not, I hated the man, you know. Right. But I Look, had, I I had am, amazing I test scores. I am my scores. age now, yeah. and I still think homework is stupid. It is stupid. But I had amazing test scores. Every test score right. just destroyed everybody in my wake. Absolutely. That's just the way it works. Absolutely. All right, here you we, go. I, I tested well. Here's Brian's. going, oh, I know this. Uh, the, the year hit. was 1987. NES? Um, yeah, actually NES. Okay. Yes, NES. Um, also was on the Commodore 64. Uh, popular there on the 64? Um, I don't know. I played this on the NES. And this is both a throwback and a throw forward to something we may talk about Ooh. shortly. Ooh. I don't freaking know. I, I can't. Oh, I don't what if know. I, what if I told you? Uh, what if I told you it was a, a Lucas Arts game? Oh, Full Throttle. Eighty-seven. Oh, that's a good guess, but not even. No. Close. Okay, hold on then. Well, that would have been too but early. We, but there, it, it was one of those uh, pick and choose kind of games, like we did with the King's Quest. Oh, is this a, was this a double fine joint? Do you know, or nah. what's his name? Lucas. Lucas oh, hey, Owen. my my nephew Owen's in the chat. Hi, Owen. It's nice to see you. Both. Oh, hi, Owen. Owen, Owen doesn't a, have a friend. <laughs> Owen doesn't have a friend. That's from a movie, Owen. Just so you know. Throw, throw Mama from the train. Yes. Um, hold on here. I, can't, I don't know. Oh, wow. not, day the, not Day of the what? Tentacle. That's too new. That was 90s. No, no. Right. Uh, uh, this is Maniac Mansion. Oh! Frick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's an old school, that's like very old school PC-driven freaking point-and-clicker deal. Adventure game. Yes. Yes. I I, I, I did it on the uh, uh, NES, but there it was on the PC. Also, you know, Day of the Tentacle is not far off because it was it was kind of adjacent to uh, Day of the Tentacle. I think it was actually wasn't some of the 
uh, Daily Tentacle Monster wasn't that oh, in I don't know. Maniac Mansion, was if, it? I believe, if I remember correctly. Might have been. And, uh, and the reason why I thought about this when I was doing some research for our next topic, which is Cheaters Always Win, mm. where we talk about the Game Shark, the Game Genie, mm. and uh, the, the, the action replay. You could play as the bad guys in this game. I think if you had the action replay, it might have had the other ones too, where you could cheat your way into playing as the bad guys. Oh, I see. Um, hmm. Well, now that you say that, I'm trying to think. Maniac Mansion. Uh, Maniac Mansion is a game I never played fully, but I, I have an appreciation for it. Um, right. But I feel like an idiot for not getting it today. So good job. I would have thought the chat room. I was expecting the chat room to get it because yeah, that, you, yeah, that, what the first, heck? that first little bit of music is very iconic. They're, they're too busy yelling choplifter. Choplifter. Because, you know, that's what they <laughs> We're do. We're going to need you to pick up your game, people. <laughs> All right. Well done. That's fun. It's always fun doing that. It's yeah, now time yeah, for this. Welcome to the treasure room. Booty. We're going to do emails, everybody. Yeah, that's right. Sit down and listen to this email sent to play retro show at gmail.com. This one from Kevin, who says, hey, guys, I'm a big fan of the new show. I listen to every episode as soon as I'm able. And it has reminded me about the mini bosses, a metal covers band of heavy, or sorry, heavy metal covers of classic video game soundtracks. If you aren't familiar, you should definitely familiarize yourselves. Uh there have been uh, other bands that do the same thing or something similar, but these guys were the first I wa- uh, ones I was exposed to at age 17 uh, or so. I'm sorry, 16 or 17 years ago. Mega Man 2 was their fan favorite. Uh, their band camp link is in here. Uh, Mini bosses. This is awesome. No one can. And there's the reason why there's. Yeah. The only ones you're probably going to remember is Mini bosses. That is a great band name. No, it's for, amazing. Uh, name. Progressive rock. Yeah. Let's see. For, I'll get for, a little yeah, sample of something here. Um, we got something called Brass Mouth or Brass 2 Mouth. Uh, here's the song, Kid Icarus. Remember Kid Icarus? Yeah, I do. That was uh, that was the other, uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's do Kid. Super Mario Brothers 3. That's better. That's got music we recognize. Hang on. Here we go. Oh, whoops. Going way yeah. metal on this. Let's go ahead. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. This is thank you. Thank you for that. Come on. These guys are because, hardcore. Because uh, now I have something new to listen to. I'm gonna add that to my uh oh, to I my love playlist. their artwork too. Their artwork is Mega so Man cool. 2 is their fan favorite. Yeah. It's funny though, their album cover is full of uh Metroid imagery, but there's no Metroid songs on here. I did see one Metroid song in the list. Um, Not on this album. Not with this cover. Mm. At least I can't see it. Right. There's another one. Part one. Maybe it's on part one. Let's see. Uh, give these guys a nice pimp here. Oh, yeah. Metroid's on part one. It's the 10th song on the part one of these two albums. So there you go. Nice. Anyway. Nice. Great recommendation. Thank you for that, Kevin. One more email from... His name isn't later. Chuck Byers. <laughs> His name is Later. You read the name. I read the Later. Yeah. You read his sign off. Yep. I read it Later. Later says. Yeah. Goodbye also <laughs> says. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm a fan of the old arcade game Discs of Tron. Hey, so Ooh, are God, we. I love that so yeah, much. Yeah, we're going to have to do a whole thing on that. 
I have yeah. it bookmarked on archive.org. I play it from time to time. Yesterday, I was searching for a little deeper information there, and I found a PDF of the manual for its arcade machine, and oh. he attached it. I didn't put it here, but you can easily find it. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and there were a lot of arcades to go to, uh, but the only disc of Tron was at a mall about 30 minutes from my house. We would make a special trip just to play that game. Dang, Skippy. I wanted to know, Scott, did your dad have an arcade one? I don't think there was any other stand-up arcade machines like it. Uh, you stood up but had a little seat behind you to lean against. Also, it was kind of like a phone booth that you got into. So instead of just standing in front of it, uh, so that was cool and unique. The manual yeah. is a good picture of it. The gameplay is still fun to play. At the time, um, I was into playing Ultimate Frisbee and Racquetball, and DOT combined elements of both. Disotron is DOT. Mm, yeah. uh, you had to fight the AI and the other platform with the disc. You could throw three at a time, and uh, they all had to come back to you before you could throw another one. The object, of course, is knock the other guy off the thing or get knocked off yourself. Mm-hmm. When I got demoed, when the when the um, meta people had me in their virtual world and they were demoing uh, player created stuff. One of the right. things they demoed was me port. I poured it into a big disc of Tron recreation. It was, right. it was actually freaking rad is what it was. Anyway. Um, he says, looking at the manual I saw and helped, uh, I saw, and it helped me recall that it had a fight, excuse me, a flight stick that had a trigger right. on it. I remember that. It was like, a yeah, it, too. It, was a, it was a really cool, like, uh, almost like translucent or something. Wasn't it? It was, it yeah. was, it was awesome. Yeah. It says uh, you could fire just to move your guy around, but there was also a Tempest-like wheel that was used yeah. to move the aiming reticle around the wall. That's right. Yeah. I I, that. Dude, that's a cool machine. That it was a machine. Badass. That was a wicked cool machine. Now, I just looked up because he was describing one like in a phone booth and stuff. I'm like, I don't remember that. Mine was just a, you just walked up to it and it was just like a oh, regular arcade machine, but it was, you know, it, it had the cool stick and the 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 wheel and everything yeah. and uh yeah i play i pumped a lot of course in this thing it was it was a pretty good uh value because you could play for a pretty good while on a quarter i didn't feel cheated um no and no i felt like banding. i had a chance to improve yeah so it was a good game it was hard but it was fair arcade yeah yeah i like that it was hard but fair just like tron yeah like tron himself <laughs> maybe not tron uh who is the who is the bad guy played by david warner what was his name? Uh, I just call him David Warner. It just, he even, <laughs> I love that. They guy. gave him a name, but I'm like, whatever. He's, a, David he's Warner. a Klingon in uh, the sixth Star Trek movie. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, Flynn, guess what? Flynn is the real bad guy. Go ahead. Yeah, Flynn was always the true, the truest evil man. Is right. Hey, yeah. good news, uh, by the way. Uh, this is exciting stuff. We're going to do, Brian already mentioned it, but we're doing Cheaters Always Win next week. Game Genie, Game Shark, Pro Action Replay, all that stuff you remember. We're going to dissect what the hell that was about. It was a weird time. Did you enjoy it? I mean, maybe, but here's the thing. This would be horribly frowned on today. Now, people like to hack things and do things and whatever, but if you're caught cheating in a game, people are pissed, especially multiplayer. Right, well, see, yeah, but you wouldn't use that stuff with, like, multiplayer games unless you were couch co-op, and then they would know you're cheating. So, I mean, it was just a way... So it extended the life of the video game. I liked... I, I rarely cheated when I first got a game, but I did eventually cheat a good bit because, you know, there's a certain point that some of the cheats like to do, like get to you could you could automatically go to a you know a particular level. Mm-hmm. You could jump straight to it. So you didn't. So if you couldn't have a game save or something, or if you lost your password, then you could just jump straight to it. So it's kind of like filled that gap of of BS sometimes <laughs> that, that it allowed you to adjust the difficulty of the game yeah. by keying in crazy amounts of codes 
yeah. long codes. You had to look up in books and stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember books. Remember books? Books, man. Books. 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 Yeah, remember no, books? Nobody likes books. Uh, but anyway, that'll be next week. Very excited about this one. It's going to be a fun right. dig. So uh, come join us next week. Oh, no. We won't be here next week. We're, we're trying to figure out what next week is. I'm not, I'm not right. saying there won't be a show because I just don't know yet. We're going to Las Vegas for... But- the morning stream and it's it's like that whole week except for the weekend there may be a way for me and brian to hook up at the tail end of the week or something to do something i may record something there we're working all this out okay yeah the, the next show proper would be what we just said but yeah there may be a show in between that is something different. yeah we're gonna try real hard to get something out there so uh some of you right. i know are coming to vegas and i look forward to seeing you all then in the meantime send us those emails uh, as I told you earlier, it's playretroshow at gmail.com. And if you don't be doing that, why, what you be doing, you know, be sending us those. Mm-hmm. Playretroshow mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash playretro is how you can support this show. If you like what Brian and I do and you want to throw us a little cash, it's not much. So head on over there and say, oh, I don't know, a buck. How about a commercial free experience what? every time for a dollar? Oh my gosh. Yeah. How cheap is that? That's insane. Patreon.com slash playretro. Retro, and I know you're sitting on your thumbs over there, going, "Oh, I really should," but I'm too tired. No, no, now's the time. Click, bam, boom, you're in. Okay, that, that's only that's only four rounds of Discatron. Yeah, Discatron, four rounds, one quarter, go. Or no, wait, I'm sorry, that's a dollar. Anyway, play retro show on Twitter. You can find us on frogpants.com/slash/playretro as part of the larger Frog Pants Network. That is it for us, Brian. Anything? Any final words? Before we go. Yeah, Discotron rocks. Yeah, it does. Let me go get uh, my Tron suit on. I want to go do all things Tron now. Tron's great. Yes. I love Tron. Tron, Tron. Tron, uh, Tron. Turn on your Trinitron TV and we'll see you next time, everybody. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Hey, I'll play with you some other time. Okay, Sonic. Freaking...